0: As a creative, whenever you feel rhythm and that movement come, you got you have to allow it to manifest through you in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Be open to the movement. I think that's very important.
2: Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process. And now, here's your host, Dave Buddha. Welcome to Darken the Page. I am really, really excited to bring you this episode. I had Jason Harrison on. Jason's a friend of mine. He's a writer. He's a poet. He's a songwriter. He's a screenplay writer. He's he's done a lot in the creative world. And we talk we talk in this episode. We talk a lot about music. And it probably shouldn't surprise you that that a lot of these podcasts we bring in music. I don't. I consider writing music and writing uh, novels or or any sort of writing nonfiction. I consider it very, very, very similar, if not identical in a lot of ways. And I've had a 10, 15 year career as a musician. So, of course, it relates a lot to my life as well. But Jason and I talk about the rhythm, what it means to find your rhythm. Uh, it happens in the first you know, five, six minutes. It's a beautiful conversation. Uh, Jay is so enthusiastic about the creative space and really doing something that moves people. Man, I really, really loved this podcast. I even told him afterwards, I said I think this was possibly one of my favorite podcasts that I've done so far with, with you know, and that says a lot because a lot of these guests I've had have been really, really incredible. So I hope you enjoy this. Here's Jason Harrison. Make sure you check out the show notes at darkenthepage.com slash zero zero six and check out all the links and, and check out some of Jason's work and here's the show. I'm here with Jason Harrison. I'm really happy to have you on Jason um, it's good it's good we, we used to talk a lot with with dude panel and and I'm excited to explore uh, your world as a writer and and I really uh, I love the depth of what you do and and I love that you're combining all these different art forms like songwriting poetry writing uh, stories fiction nonfiction it's really it's really beautiful so thanks for coming on the show
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on man I appreciate you good to uh, connect with you again
2: yeah yeah, for sure. Tell me a little about how you got started with all this writing, all this songwriting, poetry. how did this all come about?
0: Well, um, I used to be a hip-hop artist a long time ago, like in the 90s. So I used to always write songs way back when. And um, that's pretty much sparked me as a writer because when I used to write songs, I was always trying to come up with a concept or, or talk about specific subjects. You know, so um, kind of like in the same vein of how Nas does with his style, like he always talk about specific subjects. So mm-hmm. I was always interested in expressing my perspective, you know, in a way through music or through poetry, what have you. So that's what sparked all of the writing
2: mm-hmm. with him, I heard that song, uh, that song Mind Sex by Dead Prez the other day, and I thought of you. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? That <laughs> was like,
2: I was like, man, like Jason could have written the song yeah <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, that's it, a
0: compliment appreciate that
2: yeah that's a cool song uh, so how did that all come into you know like putting it all in a book and and that like what's, what's that been what's that been like for you and how long have you been at this like since the 90s I mean you know just been writing a lot I mean tell me about that
0: well um, in the 90s I actually stopped like around 98 as an artist and I started managing a few artists and groups and stuff like that so I didn't start writing again until maybe like around 2010, I just started randomly writing. Well, first, let me back up. Well, yeah, around 2010, I started expressing myself on Facebook. That's what happened first. I just started expressing my perspectives. Mm -hmm. And from that, it led back to me just writing lyrics here and there. I was like, wow, I never thought that I would start writing lyrics again. Mm -hmm. But it just started pouring out of me, so I just went with it. The next thing you know, I was recording little snippets of me doing verses and next thing you know I'm recording songs again and it was just organic the way it, the way it happened
1: mm-hmm. and as far
0: as the books that kind of happened organically too because just me expressing myself and expressing my perspective on relationships and just relating in general it just led to me um, deciding to put together a quick little book to give like a foundation of my perspective on relationships and giving tips that I've used that helped me navigate through relationships more efficiently. Yeah. So I just decided to put that out. And, um, and from there, uh, you know, from being on Facebook once again, quotes. I got thousands of quotes saved and mm-hmm. I started making games. And I decided to put that in a book and put that out there. So um, as far as the reason why I create so much and put so much content out is because I have, I literally have so much inside of me that has to get out that if I don't, it's like I'll explode. Yeah. It's literally like that. So I have to get it out. So like just today I took a walk and I, I swear it happens just like this. Just randomly thoughts just, just feelings first is a feeling. I feel it. Yeah. And it starts out. And I literally start rambling and talking. Then I'm like, whoa. Then I'll take notes from what I'm saying. It's like it's almost like I'm channeling in a sense. Stuff just comes through organically.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: constantly all during the day. So all during the day, I might be taking notes in my phone, cause stuff just keeps pouring through me. Yeah, and I have to get it out. So yeah,
2: yeah, I'm really grateful for the phone and the ability to create content wherever I'm at, whether it's audio, yes. video, or writing. The phone is just an amazing resource for that. Yeah, it's almost you know like I mean? it's almost like that was meant, like where the phone was invented for artists because we, yes. we never had an an option when creativity strikes.
0: Mhm. I agree. You know, it's it's helped me tre- tremendously because as you know as a writer, you know when that when that spark of um uh the uh the inspiration comes, you got to strike when it's hot and really put it down. Yeah. you know and and come back to it and refine it of course, but that's how I that's actually how I write. I just let it come. I don't I don't force it. And I remember back in the 90s when i used to write songs i used to try to force it and try to i used to try to say something deep and i would give myself like a brain head a headache trying to sound it would come out okay but it was so contrived that it was exhausting after the fact
2: yeah yeah
0: so fast forward into 2010 when i was writing it was a whole different process it was just like i felt all of this first i felt a rhythm inside of me so literally like a rhythm and I feel the rhythm and I just sit there with it and it just I just start speaking actually and boom it just comes out
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it just makes
0: sense
2: <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's
0: how it happens
2: i love that idea of feeling the rhythm as you're writing or as you're speaking that's mm-hmm. that's something that i think most people would say oh that's what hip hop artists do but mm-hmm. i think in some sense there there is that rhythm to everything that we're doing whether we're writing a novel or poetry or songs or anything
0: I agree you know it's, it's the same thing with writing a story or anything else too it's that feeling that I get first it starts off as a feeling It doesn't even start off as a thought it's a rhythm that I feel and then I, I tune into it I'm like what is this rhythm trying to say like literally like I feel for it and then I'll just either start writing or start speaking and then it just, it just, it just like oh Especially when I and if I'm writing a song, what gets me going is I hear music like the melodies and instrumentals, I'll like hear it and the mood from the melodies will start I'll start seeing pictures. Or I'll start seeing a story I start formulating based off of the mood and the melodies. And I'll just start speaking and it'll just come out. Yeah. Just organically, just like that.
2: Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. You know it's funny too when you uh, when you said this about Facebook about Facebook was kind of your your not like intro to writing again but it got you back into it and and I see that so often I see it with myself too and I feel like Facebook for writers is kind of like Instagram used to be for photographers because people were taking pictures and putting them on Instagram but they weren't they didn't consider themselves photographers but all of a sudden they started taking some pictures that were pretty cool and then people go oh, you know i could actually i'm i'm look at that i'm actually a photographer i mean that's that's all it is and and i think facebook is this nice um like gateway to writing because nobody thinks that a, you know a facebook post is going to be lost in two or three days so nobody thinks okay i have to write something super significant or i have this this is it i mean i'm going to I'm going to write the book that's going to be around for thousands of years you know we just go and and that's a way better way to create than thinking okay i have to write something that's going to be timeless
0: right i agree and i also think that the platform of facebook when you're able to express yourself as a writer it sharpens your skills too because because you write more and you and and what it does what i think facebook has done for me it's actually helped me condense my writing um, compress mm-hmm. it rather yeah. you know what I mean by that is it's because um, well Twitter and that combined but I understand because of social media people have short attention spans so what it does is it, it kind of like forces you to compress an idea into a small smaller frame and what that does for me it helps me because it tightens up my writing skills because it's it's, I see that it's helped me to be able to um, refine my way to express something getting straight to the point And having less fluff. You know, and that's how I like to write my books. And that's why my relationship book, is only 21 pages because it's just straight to the point. There's no fluff. Yeah. You know, I think because of social media, that's what people want now because the information is so much and so fast. I don't think people want fluff anymore. They want straight to the point. Now, what is it? Boom, boom, boom. Here it is.
2: Yeah. It seems like, it seems like for me that I've always wanted that in a way. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder how, this stuff would have actually gone over 50 years ago. You know, maybe it wouldn't have been, maybe publishers would have said, oh man, come on, you can't publish a 21-page book. But I, I I really wonder whether if, if people picked it up, how effective it would be, you know, because, you know, the thing too that for me is, you know, books get sold because of word of mouth. Books get sold because right. people talk about them. People don't talk about them if they don't read them. And if they're... If books are too long or too wordy or just too, too much of a pain to read, people aren't going to read them. And so, you know, I'm not saying that every book should be short, but there is there's a really clear advantage to having a book be something that that people actually read, because that's the only way that they're they're going to then love it and then pass it on.
0: Yeah, I agree. and you know what? And one of the most powerful books I've ever read was a short book. It was only like twenty something pages by Dr. Naim Akbar. It was called Um Something about psycho- uh, Psychology of, of the Human Being, The mm-hmm. Transformation of the Psychology of the Human Being, Something Like That. Yeah. But that book was so potent. It was like, oh, it was extremely powerful. Yeah. It kinda yeah. like yeah, I remember reading that book and it kinda like really changed me in a sense and it made me really under it made me understand more about what i understood if that makes sense
2: Mm, i like that
0: yeah it was it was powerful man so um that's just an example of how you know you don't have to um beat around the bush you know to get a point across and i'm just like you i would rather you just go get straight to the point and tell me you know instead of giving me the fluff
2: yeah one of the other things that that brevity does especially in the in the personal growth world for me is it leaves me with this truth and nothing and i have nothing no choice but to just sit with it because i can't keep reading or read all these explanations about it so people will just drop this truth and it might be a paragraph but then there's just blank space and then i my mind's like is that it that so you mean I have to come up with the rest of it? Like I have to take that and run with it instead of the author doing everything for me? There's an interesting thing that happens when, when, when we don't, when we just, we give the reader enough to kind of have them be a little unsettled and then let them take that where they go.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And you know, some, and sometimes I like to be led on like that. Even with movies, I like to be led like that. Like where it's like, um, what's that movie with um dicaprio shutter island or something like that like the yeah. end you gotta yeah. come up with your conclusion like a lot of people didn't like that but i like the fact that they just left it like that
2: where you yeah. come up with your
0: conclusion yeah yeah i actually like that
2: i totally agree yeah yeah i and i i'm it's a ref, it's refreshing to see people choose i'm just gonna call it art over yeah. over what would be just widely accepted because yeah. that's I do think that yeah I love that seeing that today I saw I was just I just saw Interstellar and I was like God damn man I love I mean Christopher Nolan just went for it man that that movie yeah. is really I, I think I've talked about it actually on several podcasts since then um, I took my
0: mother to go see that over the um, Christmas um, holiday yeah whoa we were blown away with that movie
2: damn, it was real really deep. it was so
0: deep <laughs> you know what it's like if you don't understand certain quantum um, physics um, ideas or something—you'll be lost. Like it's a lot of quantum stuff. Yeah, going on. and, and I felt like
2: they really explained it. Like I loved that moment when they used the pencil and the in the paper to you know to really bring all that stuff, you know, home. So it didn't—you didn't need to like actually study that stuff. I mean, you had to be open to it. You know, your mind yeah. had to be open to it, but you didn't need like a real like uh, scholarly understanding of it to get what could be going on um i just yeah i was so impressed with that one
0: i think my mother was confused i think she got it after she didn't get all of it (laughs) but it's about the fifth dimension all this stuff but she got some of it but yeah it depends on who you are i guess but yeah i love that movie
2: yeah 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 so tell me so when you were talking about going for this walk and then inspiration hits and you're in that zone um tell me what that what's that like for you like what does that feel like if you had to give us a metaphor.
0: It's it's once it's like rhythm, like I feel it's like it's like a rhythm that comes in me. It's like it's just moving, it's movement, movement, movement. So I'm like, oh, movement, here comes movement. And I know people think I'm crazy sometimes when I be walking around the neighborhood because I just be talking. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> stuff literally just be coming out, like, and it's like I gotta get it out, and then I have to stop. I'm like, let me type this, take a note. What I'm gonna start doing is I'm gonna start cutting on my voice memo, and just speaking. Yeah, and just and just capture it like that. That's what I'm gonna start doing. But yeah, so it's one, it's that movement, and that's the thing. Like I've been talking about that a lot lately on Facebook about movement and how important it is to when you film to allow well to allow movement, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like as a creative, whenever you feel rhythm and that movement come, you got you have to allow it to manifest through you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Be open to the movement. I think that's very important. You know, yeah,
2: um, that's such a bigger concept. We're not just talking about writing. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know it's it's about expansion. So anybody who's creating anything, and when that rhythm comes, that movement comes in your body. What it is 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 it's expansion trying to manifest through whatever you're trying to create. Uh huh. That's how I see it. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people who are talented that hold that movement in that actually hurts them in a sense if mm. they don't get it out. Cause just whenever you stop movement in any form of fashion, that stagnation breeds um, problems and breeds uh, um, deterioration.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the sense too that it's like when that comes, you know, especially in the especially at certain points, it's easy to disrupt that that groove. So it's like yeah. you get that rhythm in it, and it's and it may not be in the foreground, but if you do something else that's got a different rhythm because everything has a rhythm in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you do uh, something else with a different rhythm, you know, it's just not going to, it's going to conflict. So it's like, you, it's why clearing out the distractions seems to really work or oh, yeah, getting yourself, you know, don't no, Nobody talk to me, you know, like don't talk to people because <laughs> people are going to bring <laughs> rhythms to you. And it just may yeah. not be the rhythm that you, because this is, this is the rhythm I want to write down. And, and then we we totally feel that, you know, it, and, we could literally talk for hours and hours about this one thing because it's it's really deep. And when I think about another parallel, it's the conversations. And I always find it fascinating that I could be talking to someone, and and if we get into a rhythm, which you know might take like fifteen twenty minutes at least, but we're in this space, and and let's say we're talking, um, you know, I, I'm I'm about to get in the car, and then this, you know, someone says something, and then we're sitting there talking outside my car. And and then we say, okay hey, well, you know, we were about to get in the car and go. So let's let's get in the car and start driving. The conversation is going to totally shift. I just can't. There's nothing I can do about it that there was this rhythm of where we were. But as soon as I change scenery, we did we will lose that space. Now, it may be okay because and it may be a good thing because maybe it's like I'm we're upset with each other and then we want to shift the space but you know it, it's like that is so precious because once you disrupt a few of those variables um you know the band's going to start playing a different tune
0: yeah and you know <laughs> to be around an artist you know a writer a creative people especially who's in a relationship with creatives, they have to understand when they in that groove you gotta let them be because i'm i <laughs> i'm quick like no, uh-uh, no 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 no, no. You yeah, know, you just gotta understand. No disrespect. It's like no, I'm uh, 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 just don't yeah. talk to me right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not like and I don't have time to explain this. I don't have time to get into this. It's just like a really you gotta trust me. Like I, I can't. I have no nothing for you right now.
0: Right, right, right. You know, because I've been in a situation where. You know, uh, a girlfriend or something will come in the room and throw me completely off when I was in a groove, a deep groove. We're like, oh, it, just, it just disappears in the thin air. I'm Like, ah.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and I also find too it's interesting. There's like a, there's like a post groove. So I, I noticed that. So one of the things I like doing after I finish something and I'm really proud of it is I'll like, I'll bring it over to Paula and you know, my wife and I'll say, hey, like, check this out. What do you think? And and I find that. You know, I've been getting better at this because I, I've been screwing it up. But after I write something, I it's I do kind of want pretty much praise. I like if I just wrote it, it's hard for me to hear the feedback because I'm still kind of feeling. I'm just still feeling how good this is. And 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 at some point, like maybe the next day, I could I could get some feedback. But I kind of I kind of just want somebody to be like, yeah, and like just pick up a bass guitar and start and just kind of be like. You know, play something in that same groove and be like, "I'm digging this, dude!" Like, yeah. And and I've noticed that about myself that that I don't take feedback very well if it's constructive uh, in the first like couple hours after I write something, <laughs> but at the day day or two later, I'm like, "Oh, I'm, I'm all yours."
0: Yeah, it's, it's fresh. Then it's like it's like <laughs> yeah, it's too close to you. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned taking writings to your wife because what I've noticed is I've noticed something. Now I've written a movie script uh, with a woman and I've written the um, sacred sexual journey of Antonio commons. Mm -hmm. I had a creative editor, a female come on for that. What I've noticed in both cases is that writing with a woman is phenomenal because Mm. what I've noticed both times is that I can write something really good. But when a woman comes in, especially a woman who's in tune and really like in tune with feelings can feel, Women are more intuitive anyway, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: when they're good when they're actually good writers, what they do is they add a roundness and a a a um an energy to it that makes it more rounded and more it, it, it broadens it, it makes it wider. Mm. So they amplify whatever I would write, both of these women amplified it to the point where I was like blown away, like, wow. Mm. That's amazing. Like, yeah, so um for all the, the male writers listening to this, I mean, I would really, you know, I would really recommend to possibly to open up to creating with women writing with women. And if, if you could put your ego to the side
1: mm-hmm. and
0: really just like allow them to come in and touch up what you're doing or write with them. And if there's no ego evolved where you're, there's, there's major conflict because of the ego, mm-hmm. you'll create something magical. I've mm-hmm. done it two times and just like, whoa, because I'm like, I'm the type of creative. If I'm creating any type of project, if you bring something better to the table than what I brought to the table, I'm all for it. If you can enhance it in a better way, I could put my ego to the side. Like, you know what? That's hotter. Let's let's do that. Yeah. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I don't I don't feel like that that's taken away from anything that I bring to the table.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, so it's definitely that balance of the. And it, and it worked just like the masculine and feminine principles. Like when I was writing the movie script, in most cases, I would lay out the um, outline of the acts and she would kind of like fill in me. Then I would start writing a little bit, then she would fill it in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so it was like foundation, fill in, foundation. Same thing with the erotica book. It was like I had the foundation of most of it written, but she would take it somewhere else. And I'm like, ooh, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Something, something. I was talking about yesterday with uh, this guy, David Cates, who's, who's my mentor living here in Bali. Um, he talked about the conversations, and this applies to writing too, but conversations being both lyrics and music. And that the music is the feeling behind what you're saying, and the lyrics are the actual words. And, and I noticed that, that women, especially women who are really uh, in their feminine essence... Are always listening to the music that you 're saying and and are really really affected by the music and it, you, the lyrics could be great, but if the music is and eh, not so good then then they're going to be affected by that and give you feedback on that and so one of the things that i I get from from my wife a lot when i when I give her some writing or i you know or I give a speech or a, you know she listens to a podcast is she 's always listening for the music that I'm playing. And, and I think the way she would describe it or the way I look at it is like how, how grounded are you? How embodied is what you're saying? And, and where's it coming from? And, and all that stuff is it. Like, I love what you said about putting aside the ego. Cause that's hard to hear, you know, cause I might think that I wrote something great, but, but she might, she's like, well, you know what you wrote is great. The lyrics are great, but it's, it's not coming from this place like and she almost has the experience of like actually not even, not being able to hear it. It it, yeah. it doesn't because she really is listening to the music. The music opens her up to the lyrics and in a way the lyrics don't even matter to her because they, yeah. you know, and and so I get that feedback a lot. And and it's and I've always been kind of a lyrics guy and, and not really understanding the music as much. So the her her giving me all this feedback in the last couple of years of us working together. And honestly, I have her read everything I write. I mean, and I really value it. I sit there and just like adore the fact that she's editing this because it's super helpful. Um, It's changed my writing a lot. It's I've paid a lot more attention to where I'm coming from and how I'm breathing when I'm speaking and all these things that really make a big difference in. In, in those subtle ways that we can't really put you know X's and O's to.
0: Yeah, and you know, that, that rhythm that you're talking about, the music within the lyrics, it's funny because um, whether I read someone's Facebook posts or if I hear a song, I can literally feel if you're, if you're in tune with that rhythm and you, that rhythm of the heart, if it's coming from the heart or not. I can, I can actually feel it if it, mm-hmm. if it's there or not there so you know um, I can listen to a song and and here's the thing it's kind of like your wife like if I listen to a song right and the lyrics and the music if I don't feel it I I can't I can't do anything with it I have to literally like feel the energy of the artist
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's why you know it's a lot of songs that I don't people love these, these songs and I can't really I'm like I can't listen to it because I don't feel it yeah you know, so as um, soon as a song come on with an artist who's really putting their heart into it, it's like, oh, who is this? Because I immediately feel the rhythm in it. Yeah. Immediately. So I can tell the difference. And I, and that's why, you know, that's how, I, that's how I create with that rhythm. Even when I edit video, like when I edit my videos, it's the, there's a rhythm in that, too. The way it moves. All yeah. of that is important.
2: Yeah. And I think everybody feels that. And where where we evolve is in the understanding of what's already happening you know so it's like 10 years ago maybe you and i would have this conversation we'd be like i don't know we listen to a song and it's like i don't know i don't like it or i or i just won't buy it or i won't i won't you know i won't pass it along and we won't maybe understand what's actually going on but now we have words for it and we can, we have language to explain. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like seeing a movie and, and there's something off, you know, you don't know what it is, but it almost feels like you can feel the crew or the director and the, you know, director of photography or the casting, you can feel these people not gelling or something Mm -hmm. and, and you don't know what it is, but it's coming out in the movie that it just there's something that's not working about this and I don't know what it is, but I can feel it. You know.
0: I got a theory about this too, cause it's, it's this one hip hop artist. I forget who it was, but um, some of my friends were talking about him, and I was just like, you know, I don't think he's a terrible artist, but I don't feel him all the way. It was like, why? You know, because for me, this is my theory. Is I feel like if you're an artist and you're creating or you're writing a book or you're make, recording a song, I feel like if I can't feel your rhythm, that means you haven't found yourself yet all the way. You're Mm -hmm. still searching for your rhythm. You haven't found your own rhythm, right? Because I feel like I I notice a difference when I see artists who really create with rhythm and put it out there, and I feel the rhythm. When they speak and when they're doing interviews or what have you, you can see that they have a stronger sense of self. Mm -hmm. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. You know, so that's why I told people, I was like, this particular artist that y'all talking about, I feel like. That he hasn't found his his niche, his sense of self, and I also feel that he lacks a confidence. There's a slight uh, lack of confidence there, so his delivery is not fully in the rhythm. I feel like he don't fully fully believe in himself. So I could feel that too in, in an artist or a writer yeah. if they don't fully believe in themselves, because it's like part of them is not there. It feels kind of empty. Yeah. It's like he's almost there. Like this artist I'm speaking of, he's real close. To find, finding himself, and when he do, I know he's coming up real close. And when he does, his music is gonna to hop to another level. Yeah, it's gonna kind of like pure.
2: Do you remember who you're talking about? Is it?
0: Ah, uh, I forgot what this dude's.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, J. Cole. Okay. J. Cole. Cool.
0: You know, and he's a decent artist. You know, I don't like a lot of his music, but I feel like he's still trying to find himself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The the metaphor that comes to my mind is this idea of. I'm picturing like a a band like maybe like a trio you know, and they're playing and they're grooving for themselves and you can see that they're the just the three of those the three of those dudes are there um just creating music for themselves and and then the audience is witnessing this but the but they're not they're not playing for the audience um and i and I see that in in you know so much of the advice that we hear about create is is you know write the book you would want to read like write yeah. make the make the make the audio that that you want to hear uh you know do the thing that that play your music for you and then you know hit record before you do it but that's it you know and, and it, when we play our music for us the way we want to play it you know that's that's a really nice signpost to find our rhythm and find our groove because it we it, if no one else was around you know, it's like if you were on a desert island making your music, you know, and you know, and you knew it was never going to get out to anybody, a good, really good chance it would be, it would feel, you'd feel that. It, they'd be like, wow, this, I feel that. I mean, it's just this, this guy is being real. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I actually think that what's happening is because I feel like um, it's, there's been an explosion of, uh, you know, like the art being created for so many years has been contrived and you know we got away from being organic with music and we started not only with music with books too like all of, we follow all of these cookie cutter templates mm-hmm. to create and i think that social media in a sense has opened the door of authenticity back up because if you look at the popularity of youtube i believe that the reason why it's popular is because it's displaying authenticity yeah. and people are craving to see more more realness they want to see more authenticity yeah. so now what's happening I see in music and things I'm starting to see artists that are being more authentic being more, more accepted and I'm starting to see people wanting that now totally and that's good that's definitely good and then just on social media alone look at all these funny memes that all these people create Look how many funny people are out there! Like, we—if it wasn't for social media, we wouldn't even know that there's so many people out there with comedic skills.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so they have me cracking up. Look, all this talent.
2: Yeah, the cream rises to the top. Like, it really—when when you don't have a um, the the gatekeepers saying, "Well, this is funny and this isn't," but that's just coming right. from their head or what they want. It has mm-hmm. to. I mean, it has to. It's just—and—and and I get that too. And—and it's—and it's cool to see. I think the transformation for me happens when I put out something and then I'm like, you know, especially if it's really raw, I'm like this, nobody's going to like this shit, man. It's just whatever. And then I get yeah. this reaction. I'm like, no more. It's like you want more of yeah. that? You want more of that? Like <laughs> what? You know, like, all right, but you know, you motherfuckers going to hate me or something, but whatever, whatever it is, like that's it. We really, we really have a different experience of what authenticity really is because I think we keep surprising ourselves when mm-hmm. people give us that feedback because it ha- it's just real feedback. I mean, it's when you get that, especially when you get your numbers to a certain size. I mean, I think if, you know, at first it, social media is tough. But once you start actually having, you know, hundreds of people read everything you write or put out, you're always going to get a nice a nice feedback. And. And it's really fascinating to see what hits and what doesn't, and it's always real. It's always true with a couple with you know with some caveats, you know, yeah, because yeah, you know yeah. your people are a, really a reflection of you, you know, so a lot of times they they're going to support the you that they that they project as an image of, <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, there's still that it's the feedback is way better than it's ever been. I agree yeah I agree. Yeah.
0: And then we and then we support each other by sharing all of our creates, all over the internet.
2: So yeah. Oh, and the thing. shares, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the shares are everything, man. I love, I love, I love getting that metric too, because you know somebody could say, oh, I love this, I believe in this, you know, and then that's kind of like, you know, somebody coming to a show and, and saying, oh, that, this music's great, and then they don't want to buy it. Well, it's like that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 you like it, you know, and it's good, and your your brain said, yep. This is good because I'm like, I like it. But you're like, when you have to have it or when you say I- I'm sharing this because this guy just said what was in my heart, you know, I-, I need to share this. That's, you know, that's that's that magic that we are just going for. And, it, and it's, again, just easy to see on social media. Like, are you sharing it? Well, that's it's really the only metric, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So um, it's just I love the process of creating. I mean, I have to get out. Like I said, it's too much to, that wants to come out. And um, and when I'm out and about, and see the thing is for me being a writer is when I'm out, I absorb everything. I watch people, you know. I see people's stories in their eyes, in their movement, and I I study them. Uh, you know, and I see and I and I recognize certain patterns in people's energy and and what they're doing, and and then it, it may. Um, make me think of a situation of another person in my life that's similar and then ideas just start developing Mm -hmm. a story starts to naturally organically that rhythm starts. here it comes and i just feel it
2: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. nice
0: so people fascinate me man like i love being in atlanta riding on the marta and just watching people you know and and seeing how people react and respond Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to me
2: yeah what are, what are your summer what are some of your favorite places to write? And and obviously we you know, we talk about hey when inspiration hits it hits and you could be yeah. in the bathroom, you could be anywhere. But what are yeah. some of your favorite places to go if you're like feeling like I want to write something?
0: Um, favorite places to write. I think just be being out and about, just like walking or something. And I usually I sit down outside in the park and stuff will come to me. So like nature.
2: Yeah. It's
0: a place that I like to write. I like to, you know, go outside and just sit. And, and feel and let the rhythm come out. So yeah, I would say going out in nature helps a lot. Just being outside, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I always found it fascinating this whole you know, getting ideas in the shower thing. And and I I remember this was like a couple of years ago. I I was I found myself. I had I had my laptop with me, and I found myself waiting to get get my car fixed. So it was like it was gonna be like an hour and a half. So I decided I'll just stay. And I sat in the waiting room of the. Uh, the garage there and, and I just pulled on my laptop and, and I I wrote um, I just it was like the best place ever because you know I, I just I got stuck there it was like I couldn't leave and I had to do something and there was no internet and so it was like I, I love those situations that come up which is like and I couldn't I tried to actually repeat that I, I, I literally went back to that place I, I go there and get my car fixed all the time so they kind of know me But I just went there and sat in the waiting room without getting my car fixed. I just, I was like, if I just can get what I was getting. But of course, trying to repeat that didn't really work. Um, But Mm. it it was interesting, man. That that changes all the time for me, too, the places to write. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: also like to write in coffee shops, too. But I don't mean like Starbucks, I mean like your um, non chain. Coffee shops, Within yeah. little, little coffee shops, little unique spots, yeah. Where the, where the creative energy comes in, because that kind of inspires me. Like, I'm real about, in, I'm real um, in tune to the subtle energies of my environment. So that type of energy of people coming in and out, that creative spirit, kind of like uh, sparks me in a sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. There, I noticed this the other day because there's this place right next to where we live in Bali where it's they call them the Warong, which is kind of like a little um, divey restaurant. And there's this place that is s- super funky, and it looks like it was built by a bunch of kids, you know, because yeah. it's it's got just, like, fabrics hanging in random places, and it, all the tables and chairs are different. And, and there's something so exciting about a place that is funky. Like, the decor is just weird. And then nothing, you know, n- there's no like there's all these little nooks that are different. So in every corner of the room has a like this completely different feel. You know, you can sit on couches when there's a couple guitars around and some fabrics and then you can go up and it's kind of like there's some like metal up in the it's just weird and I and I love <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like stuff like that too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's interesting.
0: And that's the thing for me too like when I um and also when I go see a film or I read a book and when it's different that inspires me
2: yeah
0: art that has something different within it yeah because it makes me it it excites me it's like oh that was different i want to create something different yeah it was kind of like kind of like a friendly competition type of thing like oh yeah that was different let me be different
2: (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) instead of
0: trying to be the same yeah
2: yeah i you know one of the things that i would do back in san diego is um and every time I did it, I was like, God, why don't I do this more? Is I go out and I go out and you know go to the shows of, of some local people and friends of mine, and and especially the ones that were really amazing, you know. And I knew that they, they were amazing. There was not a surprise, but I go out and see them perform, and even if they had kind of an off night, that was the best thing I could have done for my own writing, my own inspiration and creativity, because just seeing someone else who you consider a peer, who you don't you don't necessarily put on a pedestal, but seeing them do something amazing. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, that's possible. And then, yeah. you know, like, all right, I, I have no excuse now. You know, it's time. Like, let's go try, create something. Yeah.
0: And I also make sure I always, if I see something that I think is amazing that someone created, I always make sure I um, give them props and let them know.
2: You yeah. Know, I feel like
0: that's important, you know.
2: Totally. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite things to do is really to, is to nurture that like raw expression because I feel like people, we don't do that as much, you know? Um, in in fact, you know, like one of the, I, I went to a spoken word thing the other night here in, in Bali and um, you know, the dude hosting it was, was awesome. And you can tell he was, he came from uh, this like culture of feedback, you know what I call it? Like, so he was like, Hey guys, like if you, f- if you're feeling something like, make some noise or snap your fingers or something. And, and, you know, it was a kind of a newer crowd, so nothing happened, but there are some places back in San Diego and, you know, where like you getting that feedback all the time. And if you do something really good, I mean, if you, if you like, if you light it up this, you know, they will let you know, they will let you know. And, and I think that's so important. Um And it's one of the things I love about black culture too. Like that is like as a musician or as any kind of artist, like that is the environment that that I absolutely thrive in because I get to see what's happening and I get that real time feedback, and you get the feedback if it if it kind of sucks too, but you know it'll be like silence, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or booze. I mean, or booze. Like mean, they people, you know, if if you know, it, I've uh, you know my 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 band used to used to go to these. Um, I, I forget what they called them. They were in San Diego, but it they would go and it was like this. I don't know, it's like a competition thing, or but it was something where like bands would get booed off the stage, and then they would bring out a new band and new artists, and then if people loved you, they would cheer for you, and if they didn't, like they would boo you. Uh, that, that's a, I love that like, that's so exciting, you know, and we don't do that anymore because we're so polite, you know.
0: Yeah, you know that's why I, you know I think on um that show to Apollo, you know they can't boo the kids. I'm like boo the kids. They need to grow thick skin. You want to be in entertainment? Yeah. You need to get booed when you're little. Boo yeah. <laughs> We're going back Booze on them kids Because one or two things going to happen When you boo the kids Either they're going to be like You know what they go going to be like I'm going to be better Next time I go or they go going be like I don't want to do it no more And if they take that route You know they're not Built for bears.
2: Yeah Yeah <laughs> What age do you think We should start booing kids All
0: ages Well <laughs> no. I'm playing now Not all ages but
2: If you old enough To
0: be on Apollo you old enough To get booed Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sorry
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would so much rather get booed than have silence.
0: Yeah. I mean, they got to You have to learn. I mean, you because you're either going to sharpen your sword or you go put it down. And if you put it down, you know, it's not for you. Because, I mean, being able to take criticism is very important as an artist, though. Yeah. You know, it's very important to really be able to do that. I mean, even if you don't agree... You know, but I, I I would rather someone be truthful with me and tell me, and no, I don't like it, but this is why. Yeah. You know, and then to have somebody just be like, yeah, that's great, and they don't really like it. Just be real. You know, I can handle it. But that's yeah. me, because I want to be better. So there may be something that you tell me that I see, like, oh, you know, you got a point there. Yeah. Well, so I'm open.
1: For that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and and you know what I one of the things I tell myself is that. If haters are, if they're being a jerk, and and they're still around, it's probably because they're right. Like you can't be a jerk and wrong, because then you just lose your job. But you know, if, yeah. if you're gonna be a jerk about your feedback, it's probably because there's something in there. That you're at least seeing some truth, and you're 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 exactly. talking about it. So I I like it. You know, I I wrote this article a couple years ago that it was. I knew it was going to get a lot of a lot of press and I wrote it. And then within three minutes, some dude commented and basically it was just really nasty. It was like, he's like, wow, dude, you're you're totally full of yourself. You're such a jerk. And, you know, it was a comment. So I mean, I'm getting upset. Nobody cares. You know, I'm sitting there on my computer and and I thought about it for a second. I was like and I reread the article and I was like, you know, I was like, I could I can kind of agree with that. I mean, I'm I was pretty fiery when I wrote this and, and I could see my ego coming out in all these sorts of places and t- running the show. And so, yeah, I made some edits and I went back and I wrote and responded to him. And I was like, hey, man, I want to say thanks for making that comment and making it so early because I think you just saved me a lot of face, you know, and I appreciate that. <laughs> and I really did, you know, um, but he was right, you know, even though he's being a jerk about it. But he was right you know, in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I've I've done I do stuff like that. I've done that recently where um, <clears throat> someone um, actually triggered me, and I react like and then I caught myself like oh damn yeah she she what does what, what she um point what's in me that I need to look at so I actually thank this person like thank you for triggering me because you let me know that that little piece right there still needs to be cleared you know yeah. so so you know and also and see. And understanding that... See, that and alone, that's, that's foundation for, for writing. Understanding how psychology works. Like, the best writers understand psychology. Mm-hmm. They understand how the mind works, how, how, the, how the feel of what's going on influences the mind. Once you Once you can see and feel that, you know, you can really get deeper with your expression.
1: Mm-hmm. Once
0: you understand that aspect of how the human... Mind works and why it works the way it works.
1: I
2: know. almost feel like that's a you know that's becoming a prerequisite for art mm-hmm. these days. And I yeah. don't, maybe it was before, honestly, I don't know. But I feel like you know if people aren't taking a deeper cut at life, it's they're just they're not gonna last. Like it, or there there's there's something missing, and I think that's always been true. To be honest, you know when I look yeah. at classic songs. These people had a deeper understanding of what was going on, and that's what they're bringing out in the art. We just don't yeah. often give them credit because they're not trying to be deep, you know. They're just you either appreciate them or you don't. Yeah. But if you look at like classic songs, I mean, that's there is something going on there where this person had to be coming from a deeper understanding of life than the average person, because otherwise they just couldn't have written what they wrote, and we feel that on. on and it, it's so important. It's like I would think like psychology and. And I wanna say, I mean it's whatever you whatever you use to go deeper, to understand more than the surface of what's what we see. Right. I think that's that is literally a prerequisite for creating something that's that's gonna create a spark that's gonna be magical. Whether you're an actor or a musician, anything.
0: I agree, same thing with comedians too.
2: Yeah, oh totally, I think, totally. I
0: think comedians are healers because they make you laugh. I, I believe that laughter heals because you're releasing ha ha you're getting it out but see they can and then it's therapy for the comedians too because when they write it they're getting out the issues that they're going through getting it out writing it out Yeah. then people laugh when they hear it so it's like healing twofold and I think good comedians are geniuses the way they because they gotta be good at psychology you have to make people laugh and to really like tell a story and to make yeah it it takes some real psychological understanding Mm to nail that
2: and there's nothing worse than a comedian who you can tell doesn't have a deeper understanding of life. Yeah, that's nothing what worse. <laughs>
0: that's where any art, though, like any art, like yeah. if you just surface, it, it just won't move me at all.
2: Yeah, it won't
0: move yeah, me at all. yeah. I actually yeah. have a hard time finding movies and stuff to watch. Like Interstellar was one of the first movies that I wanted to see in a long time because yeah. a lot of these movies that come out are so just surface. It just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Does it
2: step- well, you know, more and more, I I turn to the directors or or the like. Lately, I've been really fascinated with the directors. So I noticed, okay, Christopher Nolan directed Interstellar. Well, he also did Inception and then the latest yeah. Batman movies, and he wrote and directed all that. And okay. so I now, I mean, every movie that Christopher Nolan has been involved in, I've absolutely loved. So there's something at play here. Like, okay, so what? You know, this guy is going to make awesome stuff. So I, I trust him. Or, you know, you know any movie that any Denzel movie. Washington Denzel. is in, good chance that I'm going to be digging it. For whatever reason, he just gets involved in cool projects. Um, you know, or I noticed this. I don't know if you've seen 21 Jump Street or 22 Jump Street. Um, no, but I heard they were funny. They were pr- they were really funny movies. Like, r- like mm-hmm. really funny. And the same directors, there's this team of two dudes, and they also did the Lego movie, which oh, was okay. f- just fantastic. I, I mean, saw that. Like, yeah, I lo- yeah, love the label. Yeah. totally, but in totally different level of humor, and they're speaking to people on a different level. Even though you know, even though it's humor, they're 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 acknowledging this. They're they're speaking to a different level of people, and I totally appreciated mm-hmm. that. And when I yeah. saw that these guys had directed all these movies, it just made sense because like I can, I really can feel them. I really, and I would, I would. I would go see anything they do without even thinking about it because it's way more important that it's coming from them than, you know, I like the subject or it's about a superhero that I think is cool or whatever. Like, I really trust them now.
0: That's how I am with directors like the Coen brothers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I'm like a real big fan of Stanley Kubrick, so I I went back and actually watched a lot of his movies and just studied them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: so his his style of filmmaking makes you – feel intensely, <laughs> you know, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm a big fan, I'm a big fan of creating, so if I ever get to a, because to a, um, even the movie script that I wrote with, with my female friend, you know, there are certain scenes, certain stuff that I wrote in the script to where it's, it's certain, if if we were to shoot it, it would make you feel uncomfortable on purpose,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I want you to feel the depth of what the character is feeling, and it's, you know, there's some, like, dark stuff in there, so I love the way Stanley Kubrick brings out that uncomfortable feeling and makes you really feel it so intensely and deep that it's like, it shakes you to the core. Yeah. And I and that's stim, that's stimulating for me. Totally. And I like that. You know?
2: Yeah. I was thinking the other day about, about Christopher Nolan and Interstellar, and, and I was just marveling at what a massive, what a massive project making a movie is. I mean, yeah. not only as a director, I mean you. Not only are you really working with your own inspiration and letting that come through. So you know that that's hard enough on your own, right? So we, you know, we're here we are as a writer. Like you know, we go out and we get inspired. and We're by ourselves when we're writing on an iPhone, and we think, wow, this is amazing. Well, this guy's this guy's running his inspiration and his and his vision through thousands of people and over the course of like 6 or a year like months or a year and then he's working with all these actors and he's got he's got to insert his vision into every single person and then the leadership involved in that and it's just it's it blows my mind the massive undertaking and the epicness of of what it takes to put out an incredible movie i just it's so so amazing
0: that's yeah, a lot, man. You know, I've worked on music video sets, and just doing that is a lot. So movies really take it to the next level.
2: Yeah, yeah. Who are some of your influences, and in, as in, just as a creative person in general?
0: Influences, influences. Oh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, the Coen Brothers. Uh, da, 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 let me think. In music, you know what I like. I like a lot of old school artists, man. Like, I listen to a lot of old school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I listen to a lot of stuff from the 70s and, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire. As writers, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these, a lot of artists that actually have substance. I'm having a brain for it right now. I can't really think. I'll say out of the new artist, Kend- Kendrick Lamar really inspires me because he's really taking hip hop somewhere else and he's really coming from that, that deeper space. And I love that. Yeah. Of that, you know. Um, so yeah, let me think. I really can't think of any, you know. I, and she here's the thing: like people who inspire me, like from way, way back, like Rumi as a writer, a poet, Rumi.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, what's her name? Uh, Anais Nin.
2: Is yeah, Anais Nin. Yeah,
0: Anais Nin. Her. Yeah. I love them, uh, Rumi and Anais Nin. Like I swear, if Anais Nin was alive today, I'd be trying to find her to marry her or something
1: yeah <laughs> i will be totally. looking for her
0: but yeah. but yeah i love her i love i love like artists like um frida like people who are fearless bob Marley. i just saw um a documentary about bob Marley, not too long ago and i was blown away because i didn't know much about him yeah so that watching that was a huge inspiration.
2: Oh, that's nice. I I would love to check that out because I don't feel like I really know Bob Marley aside oh, from just like the culture that, that got created in his name, which I feel like is such a bastardization of what he was about.
0: Yeah, man. You get he got a um documentary. They got his documentary on Netflix streaming. You got to go check that out called Marley. It was it was yeah, it was pretty amazing, man. So. Nice him so it's a lot of older. jimmy hendrix i just watched a um documentary not too long ago about jimmy yeah i didn't know much much about him and that kind of blew me away because all the people that i'm naming like they they found that rhythm yeah you know and, oh the doors i watched the doors movie jim, jim morrison yeah it's another one yeah like shoot when i saw it i was like yeah all these people are tapped in yeah and that's what made them stand out so much man and i and I, I, I relate to that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I relate to that rawness yeah. you know, that they had, that edge. They had that edge that was so edgy that it made people feel uncomfortable, really.
2: Yeah. To
0: and, really look at it.
2: Yeah. And looking back, it's it's interesting because, you know, we don't... We take someone like Jimi Hendrix, and, and one of the things people don't really understand is that people weren't playing guitar the way Jimi Hendrix played guitar and right. when he was around. That just didn't happen. Like, you didn't use that much... Overdrive and distortion and, and just craziness on on electric guitar and now it's commonplace. I mean now it's like yeah of course you like you you put a bunch of pedals together and you crank up the volume and you you know but that didn't happen back then and that was so radical. You know you hear that that Star Spangled Banner that he did at Woodstock and you think that's cool but mm-hmm. like you don't that's like that. That is the most. Like, that was the most radical thing you could have possibly done back then, and and it just today it seems commonplace. So we forget that that you know he was so edgy, or that when Elvis came out, you know I talked about this with yeah. the, with Steve Chandler on the, this first episode of this this show. It's like when you know Steve Chandler was talking about Elvis and what Elvis really did, and he was a incredibly. Bold person because going out and and being sexual and he would take a lot of the He would take essentially what black culture was already doing But for a white guy to come out and be that sexual in the 50s That was like I was insane I mean it was insane to try to do that and he did it but yet today It's like to come out and thrust your hips during a song. It's like well, of course, you know It's like that's not
0: I, you know what I want to make a point about what you just said because uh I think that's the problem with culture in a sense. I feel like that there's not enough people pushing the envelope and see when you have all the artists that we mentioned were people who are edgy enough to push the envelope. And every time someone comes along and push the envelope, it's actually an expansion through culture and expand. It expands us as humans. Yeah. You know, so, um, I feel like, What I'm seeing now, once again, because of social media, I feel like what's happening now that's never happened before in our modern culture is that the Internet is serving as a platform for all of us to push the edge collectively
1: Mm
0: -hmm. as a whole. So you don't have to go... You don't have to like get signed to a record label to show your greatness to push the envelope. Yeah, you could just get on YouTube and create something that's phenomenal, and just boom, you're just pushing the envelope immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's exciting to me because now that the door is open for everybody to push the envelope, and now that we're embracing that, what's going to happen is because I've been speaking about this uh, lately is that there's going to soon I feel like there's going to be a new explosion. Uh, a new renaissance, a creative renaissance that's gonna mm-hmm. it's exploding now, but it's gonna get even bigger. Yeah. And it's gonna just bloom. It's gonna push us so far because the authenticity is gonna take over and it's gonna be so much uniqueness. Yeah. And the uniqueness is gonna be accepted. Cause I think that we're coming out of a a rut of a cookie cutter rut. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that we're coming into this newness of of, of being, and then on top of that, we look at technology, you look at, um, we have 3D printers now, and I think that in the future, we're going to be going to get resources, like say we want to um, print a flashlight, we can design it ourselves online, pick the color, and make it three colors, make it look funky, and print it, you yeah. know, so everybody's, look how authentic that is, like everybody got a different type of flashlight, you yeah, know, everybody got totally. a different type, so I think that in itself is going to create, a uh, a um an explosion of individualism collectively, yeah. That's going to change culture forever.
2: Yeah, I, I see that cusp at play too, and I don't really follow politics that much, but mm-hmm. I, can, I I see that at play a lot in politics today because I do feel like because I know we're not there yet. It's very clear we're not right. there yet. But it's like uh-huh. you—you can smell it. It's in the air. Yeah. Like, man, you know what? I think what Ron Paul did last election was it was the beginning of something that you just cannot ignore. That mm-hmm. like somebody's gonna come up and say, "I think this," and this, just gonna is gonna tear down the system. And it almost worked. And it's like—and you can't ignore that. And I'm really excited to see. I know within our lifetime, we'll see, like, politicians just have a whole new set of values. On transparency and being whistleblowers instead of being you know supporters of an old system and I think that you're totally right and that it's gonna happen all over the place Um, and Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's a real exciting time and I I wonder I mean I wonder hundreds of years from now if if this really is as monumental a time as we think it is because I, I you know things are changing so much faster than they ever oh my gosh so fast you know i mean it's just it's and i wonder is it just us because we this is where we live or is it really you know truly that you know it's like a hockey stick you know it's like it's been going along going along and then all of a sudden it's really shooting up because of technology and internet and what we can share and how fast ideas can spread
0: yeah man it's amazing i mean and then you know to publish a book, you could just publish it yourself, man. e That's what I did with all of my books. You don't need a publisher. I mean, you could just create, yeah, music, anything, and just put. And then on top of that, all of the tools to create now—you got all these free apps. You can create your own posters, create and just sit there and just create everything from scratch.
1: It's yeah.
0: amazing. It's an amazing time for creatives like us. And so it's so because if if I man, if I had had these tools in the nineties, oh, what. <laughs> It would have been a whole different ball game. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. I just think about all these tools that I have now. If I had them back then, I ooh, oh, my God. Yeah. Seriously, it would have been crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, that's why I'm in heaven. I'm just just tool that tool and I'm just using them. Just, it's just like it's perfect for me.
2: Yeah. To be yeah. able to
0: just create and then present. and not, not only to create, but you have a platform to present it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: don't have to wait for an agent to pick you up yeah. to, sh- to display your greatness
2: hey, real quick, I think that mic's hitting your face just be careful that it's making some noise oh. um dude i I totally agree and I love that I love the enthusiasm and I love that like fuck, just you know the the excitement you bring to that because it's it's really true and yeah it's gonna dude, it's it's a good time. I just really hope I stick around long enough to see to see the uh to see what else happens with this.
0: Yeah, I think you're gonna see some amazing things, man. I'm I'm really excited about it because I see where we're going, and um, these young kids that are coming up to, I'm telling you, man, they are something else. These the youth, the new generation is something else, and they coming right in, hitting the ground running with these tools.
2: Yeah. Oh, totally, totally
0: hitting the ground running. Yeah. yeah. There's
2: guys in their early 20s that I just feel stupid around. Yeah.
0: I, I know some young men and women here in Atlanta that I've met. Uh, when I came back here in October Fourth second that are brilliant I'm talking about their ideas and and I was just sitting there amazed like, "Wow, you guys are brilliant, yeah, and they have the access to be able to get their brilliance out, and that's what's exciting, yeah,
2: yeah, and they don't you know and doing? they don't resist. I found that the the younger the the people, the less resistance they have to this new technology. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I can remember when Twitter came out, and then you know I was had to spend a year complaining about it before it got on it, and all, the, and then Vine, and oh, I don't know about Vine, oh, this is good, and it's like I'm just an old, I'm just gonna die off, man, if I if I keep that shit <laughs> up, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's like dude, that, that that just don't have time for that and and if i want to get you know it, it, it's just it's just what's new it's just changing and it's just going to happen even faster and it's gonna it's not going to slow down it's going to speed up you know as more developers come in you know i'm in indonesia right now and like if you go on any of these crowdsourcing sites, you know, where are the designers all coming? They're all from Indonesia and like Eastern Europe because now with all – now with the access, like we can have – I can – you know, the guy that designed the logo for this podcast is from Indonesia. You know, it's like why not because, you know, it, it was a little cheaper and I did it through 99designs, which was an awesome experience, by the way. And, you know, it's like there's access. More people are getting in the game. More people are getting in the game. So it's just going to, you know, it's going to rise. It's going to raise up everybody. So it's exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Very exciting. I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah. Every minute
2: of it. Well, and dude, yeah. I want to say big thank you for uh, for this conversation. It's just been awesome. Every time I do this show, I'm reminded of how selfish it is because <laughs> I don't care, man. Like I could, I could never publish this ever. And just spending this time with with you and everybody else, and it, and really like this call especially, has been beautiful. Um, it's just so worth it for me I'm, I'm the most selfish man in the world by doing this so, uh, so, so thank hey. you, man
0: <laughs> well, thanks for having me on man I appreciate the platform and the love and the support yeah so definitely
2: Yeah, and I'm going to link to uh, everything we talked about today in the, in the show notes which will be up okay. at uh, darkenthepage.com slash 006 and okay. so people can check that out there and, and yeah man I will talk to you very soon my friend
0: Yes, yes, and send me all the links so I can go ahead and
1: promote it.
2: For sure, for sure. All right, peace.
1: All right, peace.